Hello and welcome again to Bad Movie Synopsis with David Carr, where we read synopsises from IMDb about movies that could be good, but are mostly bad. I'll leave that up to you to decide. Today's uh, movie is called Masters of the Universe, was made in, well, released in 1987. And as always, we uh, check this out on IMDb for the actual synopsis because we will take time to you know, discuss the synopsis while I'm reading it, kind of give my feedback, because most of these I have not read before, I've not seen the movie, and I really can't, it's just a basic reaction to what I'm reading, because sometimes synopsis do a good job telling you what's going on, and most of the time they just, they don't capture what the movie's actually like. Here we go. On the planet Eternia, which is just a great name for a a planet, let me tell you. At the center of the universe, the forces of Dark Lord Skeletor, played by Frank Langella, have managed to seize control over Castle Grayskull. Skeletor has also captured the sorceress of Grayskull, who is played by Christina Pickles, who until now has kept order over the universe. Skeletor is planning to receive the powers of Grayskull when the Grey Eye opens and Eternia's moon is correctly aligned. It always amazes me how much the moon plays in some of these movies, these mystic movies. Uh, it's it's just fascinating. It makes me want to make videos about that kind of stuff, how that lore affects cultures. But anyway, back to the story. In the meantime, the Eternia forces are scattered and outnumbered. In the wasteland, one of Skeletor's patrols is suddenly attacked by Eternia's greatest warrior, He-Man. Played by Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I say it that way because there was a... Uh, I want to say Schoolhouse Rock or something, or maybe a Sesame Street episode where it's like they have He-Man the Librarian or something like that. It was <laughs> it was funny. It shows my age, I guess. Anyway, so Eternia's greatest warrior, He-Man, who is also Skeletor's arch enemy. During the fight, He-Man rescues a Thanorian named Wildor, played by Billy Barty, who claims to be an inventor and locksmith. I do not know what a th- the Norian is. That's an interesting name. All right, well, to continue. He-Man and his comrades go to Gwaldor's home where he reveals his newest invention, the Cosmic Key, which can open a portal to any location and any time. How convenient. He explains that Skeletor stole the key from him and used it to get into Castle Grayskull, but Gwildor kept the prototype. While Skeletor's centurions arriving, Gwildor leads the others into a secret passageway that takes them straight to the castle. The throne room is empty. Wait, so if they have a secret passageway that takes them straight to the castle, do they really need the key of a cosmic key? Huh, okay, that's interesting. To continue, the throne room is empty, much to He-Man's concern. While Gwildor attempts to free the sorceress from her confines, the group is surrounded, so why didn't they just use the key to get to the sorceress? I'm sorry, I'm breaking I'm breaking it again. <laughs> why? why? I'm sure there was a good reason for it. Anyway. While Gwildor attempts to free the sorceress from her confines, the group is surrounded by Skeletor and his troops. During the panic, Gwildor uses his key to open a random gateway, which he meant and his friends escape through. Okay. Their destination seems to be Earth, but on arriving there, the key gets misplaced by the Eternia separate... separates... Oh, okay, I'm sorry. But on arriving there, the key gets misplaced, comma, and the Eternia separate to find it. Meanwhile, nearby, two teenage lovers named Julia Winston, played by Courtney Cox, oh, Courtney Cox, interesting, and Kevin Corrigan, Robert Duncan McNeil, discover the key in a crater and start pressing its buttons, suspecting it to be some sort of music device. Um, uh, that makes sense. From the 80s, I guess. 
to continue. At Castle Grey School, Skeletor second in command, Evil Evil Lynn. <laughs> Played by Meg Foster. Oh my goodness. Evil Lynn tracks the key to Earth and prepares a small team of mercenaries to recover it. They consist of Sawrod, played by Pontmar, Blade, played by Anthony De Longus, Beastman, played by Tony Carroll, and their leader, Karg, played by Robert Towers. Love, love, love those names. That is amazing. Kevin and Julia are spending the evening after hours at their high school because Julia is moving away that night, following a personal tragedy and wants to say her, her goodbyes to both Kevin and the school. How sweet. However, Kevin is curious about the device they found. I'm going to say they found. They found and takes it away to get a second opinion, leaving Julia alone. A portal then opens with the mercenary storming into the gym where Julia is. The four of them shoot at Julia, who takes cover behind the band equipment and manages to escape. Who says band is a useless class, right? Good for something. Okay. He-Man is searching nearby and hears Julia in distress. While the mercenaries search for Julia in a warehouse, He-Man attacks the accompanying troops and saves Julia, while comrades Tila, played by Chelsea Field, and her father, Man-at-Arms, played by John Cipher, chase the mercenaries away. On their return to Castle Grey School, Skeletor is infuriated by the mercenaries' failure and destroys Saurad with an energy bolt. This time, with a larger force and evil then, they return to Earth. Meanwhile, Kevin returns to the high school, which has nearly been burned down after Julia escaped. I mean, isn't that like most kids' fantasy right there to accidentally burn their school down? I mean, I personally enjoyed school quite a bit, and I don't advocate anybody to, you know, burn things down. Um, but that just seems like someone's going to blame her. Anyway, the policeman on the scene, Detective Lubbock, played by James Tolkien, takes Kevin to Julia's desolate house to look for her. Over the phone, Julie reveals to Kevin the importance of the cosmic key. However, before Julie can arrive, Lubbock gets interested in the device and takes it from Kevin, suspecting it to be stolen. I mean, that... I guess that makes sense. Immediately afterwards, Evelyn and her troops break in and interrogate him and leave to catch the detective. Well, it doesn't sound like they killed him, which is kind of nice, but I mean, honestly, with a name like Evelyn, why isn't she being more evil? I mean, don't, don't you just, like, take people out for fun? Or... Maybe take him with you and torture him along the way. Make make him sing 80s music. <laughs> Sorry. I was actually born in the 80s, so I feel like I can say that. But anyway, when He-Man and the company arrives at the desolate house, Julie and Kevin decide to lead the attorneys to where Lubbock has taken the key. A music store where Kevin had been to earlier on. That just nicely tied together, didn't it? <laughs> they think it's a musical instrument and they took it to a music store. Okay, so Kevin had been there earlier, and a battle ensues in the music store where He-Man and Man-at-Arms holding the Centurions back while Gweldor attempts to open a doorway back to Eternia. During the confusion, however, Evelyn has masqueraded as Julia's mother, Gwen Guilford, played by Gwen Guilford, who was supposed to have perished in a plane crash. Ooh, that's, that is evil. That, that is evil. While Lubbock, Kevin, and Gwildor argue, Julia is persuaded to steal the key from for her mother and doesn't realize the deception until it's too late. I, I mean, come on, Julie. I mean, I get that you want to see your mother. Why would you believe your mother, who is supposed to be dead, and just randomly appear out of nowhere, who wants you to steal a key that you know is super important? Okay. Anyway. I mean, it, it's, it, it is what it is. And she doesn't realize the deception until it's too late. Evil Lynn and the others pull out, and He-Man gives chase. But then another doorway opens, and this time it's Skeletor himself who arrives on Earth. 
Wouldn't it have been easier if it opens to any place in time to go back to before the key actually shows up, since you now know who had it, and then take it then? Time travel. I gotta love time travel. Okay, let's let's ignore the time travel aspect of that and go back to the story. Skeletor just arrived. All right. While the Centurions march down the deserted street, He-Man uses a stolen hoverboard. Oh, really? To swoop in and take the key back from Evelyn's grasp. They have hoverboards in He-Man, but not in real life yet. I guess I guess they do have a magnetic version of the hoverboard um, that only works on certain surfaces and at absolute zero. Anyway, there's I don't think the absolute zero thing's true, but so they kind of got one. But I'm I'm jealous when they have them in movies and not in real life. Okay. He-Man uses a stolen hoverboard to swoop in and take the key back from Evil Lynn's grasp. But Skeletor has surrounded his friends, including Julie and Kevin, and sets a trap for He-Man. Whoa, I mean, isn't it kind of close soon to call Julie and Kevin friends? I guess that's why they said Skeletor has surrounded his friends, including Julie and Kevin, but I mean, they just met Julie and Kevin. I mean, acquaintances, maybe work buddies, but friends? Yeah. Anyway. Alright, so they set a trap for He-Man. Despite the overwhelming numbers, He-Man still fights off the troops until Skeletor delivers his ultimatum. Either He-Man surrenders and becomes his slave, or he will kill He-Man's friends. With no choice but to surrender... <clears throat> no choice. He-Man leaves and returns with Skeletor, while the others are left to rot on Earth. Worse still, Julia was injured by Skeletor's poisonous magic, and the second key was damaged beyond repair. Back at Castle Grayskull, Skeletor prepares for the Great Eye to open and receive ultimate power, while torturing He-Man and demanding him to kneel before he is killed. Defeats purpose having a slave if you kill him. Okay. Meanwhile, Gwildor attempts to repair the key, but explains that the tones need needed were erased. Kevin goes back to the music store, takes the keyboard, which he can use to create the tones and open the portal. Just at that moment, Skeletor becomes all-powerful, comparing his new status to a god's. The portal opens and the final battle begins. Lubbock, Kevin, Man-at-Arms, and Tila all fight off the Centurions from behind cover, while He-Man breaks free from his chains and recovers his sword. Skeletor and He-Man clash swords and engage in combat. During the fight, He-Man breaks Skeletor's staff, and his new power and godlike status vanish. Oh, so it's all in the staff. That's interesting. It seems like you wouldn't want to fight with the staff if that was what held all your power, but that's just me. He-Man tells weakened Skeletor that it's over, but his enemy draws a hidden sword and lunges at He-Man. Ooh hidden sword. The fight continues, but He-Man manages to knock Skeletor down the huge pit that surrounds the throne room. The huge pit that surrounds... Why would you do that? It seems kind of dangerous. I mean, I wonder if they had, like... I don't know. Guardrails? I have more respect for guardrails now. Anyway. So Skeletor fell down the huge pit, which, for whatever reason, they think that that's going to kill him, but whatever. Uh, so he's down the pit and now victorious and with Julia healed by the sorceress. Very nice. It seems like peace at last on Eternia. Kevin and Julia say goodbye to the Eternias and Gwildor opens the gateway back, doorway back to Earth. When Julia wakes in her bed, she finds her parents downstairs alive and well and about to take their fateful flight. Oh, so they messed up a little bit with their time travel thing. Julia stops in for leaving and finds Kevin, who confirms it was not all a dream and holds out their souvenir of Eternia, a blue marble with the image of He-Man holding the Sword of Grayskull high above his head. How nice. In the huge pit beneath the throne room which Skeletor was knocked into, which is filled with red water, Skeletor suddenly emerges and pops his head out of the water and vows, I'll be back. And that took a lot of effort not to say like Arnold Schwarzenegger and from the Terminator. <laughs> and that ends the synopsis reading. The bad synopsis reading. Because I'm going to say that that sounds, on the scale of 1 to 10, that was probably like a 4. 
I honestly, though, I honestly am very curious. I now kind of want to watch the movie and see how that turned out and how that all came together because that would just be... I mean, yeah, it kind of sounded kind of dumb. Um, obviously, the special effects being from the 80s, it probably was a very, you know, more theatrical, a lot more. Uh, no CGI, of course. No, you have to kind of use props and use move stage magic and all that and try to make it look really, really nice. But, I mean, it has Courtney Cox, so, you know. I, I don't know, actually. I mean, she was cute in Friends, but... This would have been when she would have been a bit younger, probably her late teens, early 20s, um, somewhere in there. Uh, but overall, you know, I'd, I'd give it a you know four or five out of ten. I'd be willing to watch it maybe for only like ten minutes or so and see what it, what it looks like. See if it draws me in, uh, if the storytelling is a lot better on screen. Because that's, again, that's our thing about movie synopsis. You just don't know. Um, because you're relying on somebody to randomly write this and maybe they miss some important things. And it just didn't come across the right way. So yeah, four or five, and I would I would give it a watch just because there's just so many things in here that seem uh, like out of like from the book, um, stereotypical. But sometimes it's fun to watch those kind of movies to to know what to expect and to know that the good guys are going to win and that the bad guys are going to do something bad and still fail and yada yada yada. So yeah, go go give it a watch if you want to, and if not, then. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I will have another one of these out for you within the, within the next week.